Hey, y'all, it's Bo Haig. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. If you have questions, please contact us at 580-216-6427. And we hope that God uses this message to change your life. Uh, A few months ago, I actually preached a sermon about wanting more out of my horses. And and if you remember this, again, I don't don't know um, if you remember this message or not, but it was called Give Me More. And again, I, I shared this idea of I have some mediocre horses. I, I, I had some. And I was looking for more out of the horses that I had. And so what I decided to do was I was going to sell a couple of my horses and buy a better horse, a horse that, that could do more, a horse that could uh, give more, a horse that could take me to the next level. And so that's what I have done. And I want to introduce you to, um, this is Fonzie. Get, pull that picture up. Some of you guys have seen uh, this. Uh, maybe you haven't. May, maybe you've not seen my horse yet, but... Fonzie, that's Fonzie right there. Isn't he a beautiful black horse? I mean, that's a beautiful horse right there. Um, But here's the thing. This is Fonzie. Fonzie is probably, I would say, the hands down the best horse that I've ever owned, the best horse that I've ever ridden. He has more athletic ability in any horse, again, that I've ever, I've ever been, had the pleasure of riding. He's smart, and I actually look forward to riding him. How many of you guys have a horse you don't look forward to riding? Yeah, some of you guys are like, holy crap, I hate riding that horse. Every time I get on that horse, he does something stupid, you know, or whatever. This horse, and again, Fonzie, he's one of the best horses, if not the best horse that I've ever ridden. And he is the brokest horse. And what I mean by that is he, he will, you know, spin circles faster than I've ever had a horse spin circles. He will rate a cow. In other words, he will, you know, follow behind a cow better than any horse. He's more athletic. He's fast. I mean, he is just an all-around great Horse. Now, here's the truth. I believe that this horse can take me and my horsemanship to the next level. Um, and again, I've had to learn to be a better rider because of this horse. I had to learn, you know, to, to stay in the saddle <laughs> because he's a little quicker than most of the horses that I've had. Anyways, I mean, again, I, I believe that this horse can take me and my horsemanship to the next level. And I also believe that I can take this horse to the next level in, in, in competition. And what I mean by that is one of these days, and again, I don't know when this is going to happen, but I would love to enter a ranch horse competition. I'd love to enter it on Fonzie and, and try to win a, a buck with that. Now, again, that may not ever happen. I may not ever, you know, reach my full potential, um, but at least the horse has the ability to do that. And I believe that we can go, again, to the next level. But here's the truth. I can say that, that Fonzie's a good horse, but if I never challenge him, if I never put him in a position to be a better horse or to try to win a buckle or to, you know, go to the next level, then all my words are meaningless, right? I mean, again, if, if that's all I do, if I never put him in a, a position to, to go a little faster, to try a little harder, I will never know what he's got, and I will never know if we can actually make it in the next level, or on the next level. Now, here's the point. I believe that the same is true for our church. I believe that our church has experienced some great things. I believe that our church is broke pretty well. Amen. Horse speaking, you know, in horse terms. I believe that we've done some great things so far, right? Can I get an amen on that? I mean, that's good stuff. Done some great things so far. Uh, I believe that we've got a lot of potential, and without a doubt, this church is the best church that I've ever been a part of in my life. Yeah. 
And I, and I know some of you will agree, but I, I, I look forward to coming to church. Just like I look forward to riding Fonzie when I get out in the pasture, I look forward to coming to this church. But here's the thing. If we aren't challenged to go to the next level, we will never know our true potential. If we're not challenged to go to the next level and put in a position to grow and try harder, then I believe we will never know if we can make it at the next level. And so again, I believe that God wants us and wants to take us to the next level. And you say, how does he do that? Here's, here's how he's done it. I believe he's given us a great purpose. Will you show that purpose statement up there on the screen, please? Um, and many of you guys have seen this purpose statement because we say it a lot, but I want you to, to say it with me as I read it. Say it with me. Thousand Hills Ranch Church exists to reach the unchurched Western culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ by tearing down religious barriers and building authentic relationships. And you may have never seen that before. It's everywhere. We have a a printout. It's everywhere on our website. It is everywhere. You know why? Because I believe that God has given us a great purpose, right? Um, And so again, I believe that God wants to take us to the next level because he's given and he's, we have a great purpose. Here's what else we have. We have great people that serve in this church. Amen. Yeah. I I believe that we have some of the greatest servants in Northwest Oklahoma and they're a part of our church and they serve every Sunday or they serve at every event. And so I believe we can go to the next level because we have a great purpose, because we have great people to serve. And here's the um, the ultimate reason. I believe we have an unlimited amount of unchurched people that we can reach. Yeah. And so you say, and I, I know I put this on Facebook. Many of you guys are here today because I put this video on Facebook and I, I reeled you guys in. I threw out some bait and I reeled you in because I said that we were going to have a big announcement today and I want to drop the bomb on you. You ready for this? Because I believe that we haven't reached our full potential at our church, I believe that God is calling us to do two services on Sunday morning. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's why. Here's why. Because here's the thing. I, uh, I see people and I talk to people and here's what they tell me. I can't find a seat. When I come to your church, I can't find a seat, you know, and, and here's the truth. I believe that I, I desire never to turn anybody away from our church. And if we are going to go to the next level, then we have to do something different. And so starting November 16th, we are going to have a nine o'clock service and a 1030 service. Yeah. And again, you say, well, why are you doing that? I mean, we're all comfortable here. This is a cool setup. I mean, we got, you know, a packed house, all this stuff. Here's why we're doing it. Because I believe that God has a harvest that is bigger than we've ever seen. And I want to be prepared for that harvest. (laughs) Here's the truth. We can reach twice as many people for the Lord if we do two services. Twice as many people. Yeah. And, and here's the cool thing about it. And I'm going to challenge you today. We're going to talk about, you know, how you can get involved in this. But I believe that it gives us an opportunity to serve. Some of you guys, again, uh, we maybe have asked you to serve in our church, but your excuse is, I don't want to miss church. 
God wants me to be uh, in church so that I can hear the message today because I believe God you know, is speaking straight to me. And that's an awesome thing. But here's the cool thing. Because we're going to do two services, you can serve in one uh, service and you can come to one service. Yeah. <laughs> Some of you guys are like, oh, crap. He's, got, he's gotten rid of my excuse. But I, I truly believe, and I want to share with you today, I believe it's harvest time. And here's the, here's the other thing about it. I don't think we have any time to waste. I really don't. And again, I'm not a predictor of the end of times, and I'm not going to say it's happening you know, soon, or it's gonna, I'm not going to predict a date or whatever. But you can kind of look around, and you can look at the Bible, and you can see that there are some things that match what would match the end of times. And again, I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying that we've got work to do right? We've got some work to do. And so today I want to share what I believe God wants from us. Look at Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, it'll be on the screen. We're going to read verses 1 through 3. Look at it with me. It says, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and the places he planned to visit. Verse 2, These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. In verse 3, now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Lambs among wolves. Well, I believe that these verses show us how we need to prepare for a harvest. Number one is this. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to take notes. Number one is this. The Lord has chosen us and is asking us to go. I want you to hear this. The Lord has chosen us and is asking us to go. Look at verse one. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. Just like, listen to this, just like Jesus chose the disciples and sent them out, God has chosen us and is sending us out. And you say, Bo, where is he sending us? Here's what I want you to realize. He's sending us into the world. I want you to hear this because again, here's what can tend to happen in a lot of churches. We have great growth. We have all this good stuff going on and all we want to do is hang out at the church. Anybody with me? I mean, let's, let's just, uh, you know, let's just be honest. I mean, again, we get comfortable. We want to sit in our, you know, again, our comfortable chairs and we want to just come to church. But here's the truth. God has chosen us and he is sending us into the world, into the world. This is very important because again, I don't want us to lose sight of that. Look at John 17, 18. It says this. Jesus is praying to his father and listen to what he says. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. Just like God sent Jesus to this earth to die on a cross so that we can be forgiven, God is sending us into the world so that we can show those that are lost, those that are heartbroken, those that have no hope, that they can have hope in Jesus Christ. That's what we're chosen to do. And But here's what I want you to notice. Jesus already had 12 disciples, right? I mean, think about this. Jesus already had 12 disciples, but what does the verse say? He, he chose how many more? 
72 more. And you say, well, why would he do that? I believe because the 12 weren't enough. I mean, really think about it. The 12 weren't enough. So he had to choose more people to send out. And so here's the thing. Our church is in the same way. We already have a couple you know, maybe we obviously got 10 or 12 or 20 or 30 people that serve in our church that, are, you know, that are active in teams. We've got a few elders. We've got, again, a band. We've got all these people that are serving, but they're very few. And here's the truth. I believe that God wants more people to start serving and he's choosing more people even today. And you say, you say, Bo, why? Because here's the, what I believe. I believe that we are all ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says this. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making uh, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And you say, well, what's an ambassador? I mean, anybody know, anybody know an ambassador like for the United States? Anybody know one? Yeah, I mean, ambassador is this. An ambassador is an individual that goes into a foreign land to represent his home country. You get it? Just like that, I believe that God has called us to go into a foreign land where we may not understand everything, where there may be some enemies out there, but he wants us to go into a foreign land and be his ambassador, to teach and preach the word of God so that that people can be saved. Again, that's what he's chosen us to do. And so the truth is all Christians are ambassadors sent out to share the good news. And some of you guys are like, Bo, Okay, I know God's chosen you because you're the preacher. I know that's why we pay you because, you know, God chose you, but he hasn't chose me. Can I just tell you you're wrong? If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've given your life to him, then he is calling you to go. How come I don't get any clapping on that, huh? I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, again, here's what Jesus is the master at. Jesus is the master at taking little old me and little old you and making some miracles happen. Amen. I mean, again, some of you guys look at me like I'm stupid when, God, when I say God has chosen you. He's chosen all of you. If you know Jesus, he's chosen you to go and represent him. Amen. Yes, he has. And, I, and I'll give you an example, and you think, well, I'm just a little old boy, or I'm just a little teenager, or I'm just, you know, a little farmer, or a little rancher. Listen, I'll give you the, one of the greatest examples of being used by God. There was, a, there was a situation in the Bible where Jesus was preaching to over 5,000 people. His disciples came to him and said, hey, guess what, Jesus? The, these 5,000 people, they're hungry. And guess what he said, to the, guess what Jesus said to the disciples? You feed them. And so what did the disciples do? They went out amongst all the 5,000 people, and guess what they tried to do? They tried to find the food that they could feed 5,000 people with. You know what they found? They found a little boy, a little boy who had five loaves of bread and two fish. Five loaves of bread and two fish. And they came and they brought those five loaves with the little boy and the two fish to Jesus. And guess what Jesus did with it? He fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish, and they had 12 baskets left over. 
And again, so here's the point. You think, well, he can't use me. I don't have very many gifts and I don't have this. I don't have that. If he can use a little boy and feed 5,000 people and have 12 baskets left over, I believe he can use me and I believe that he can use you. Amen. Amen? And so, and so again, Jesus has chosen us and he's asked us to go. Number two is this, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You get it? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Look at uh, verse two again. It says, there were these were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. I believe it's the same today. I believe that the harvest is plentiful. I'll, I'll give you some examples. There are some surveys that they've done in Oklahoma, and they've done them through uh, church research, and here's what they've come up with. They believe that over 80% of our state is unchurched. 80%. Now, here's what, I, here's what I'm thinking. And again, I trust people, I don't, I'm, but I always don't trust t- statistics and surveys. So here's what I'm committing to you to do. I'm going to do my own survey. <laughs> I'm going to call, and I might do it incognito because it'll be fun. But, but I'm going to call every church, and don't tell, if you know these people in other churches, don't tell them. But I'm going to call every church in Northwest Oklahoma, and I'm going to ask them, how many people do you run on a particular Sunday? Okay. I'm going to call them and I'm going to do my own survey. And then I'm going to figure out the percentage of people that are going to church on a Sunday based on the, uh, against the percentage of people that live or the amount of people, the population of our town. And I'm going to figure out how many unchurched people we have in our town. But here's the other thing about it. After I do that survey a year from now, I'm going to do another survey and I'm going to call every church and I'm going to see if those churches have grown. Now, here's the thing. You think it's all about our church. It's not about our church. I desire for every church in our town and in Northwest Oklahoma to grow for the kingdom of God. I want, them, I want them all to grow, but here's my prayer. I believe that Thousand Hills Ranch Church can lead the way. I believe that we can. And here's my other prayer. I believe that after a year, uh, after I take this first survey, I believe that the, the population of people going to church will be bigger. You know why? Because I believe that we are called to reap the harvest and God is sending us out. And again, if we come back a year from now and the church is bigger and more people are going to church, I believe that we've done our job. If not, I believe that we're not doing our job. And so again, the harvest is plentiful, but what does the next part say? The workers are few. The workers are few. And again, I want to touch base on this. Number three is this. So you say, well, what did the Lord ask us to do? Number three is this. The Lord is asking us to pray for more workers. To pray for more workers. Look at verse two again. So pray that the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into the fields. Can I just point this out? Although it says pray for more workers, I believe that more workers starts with you. No clapping on that one either. Here's the point. I believe it's pretty sorry of me if I go, hey, I need you to do this, this, and this, and I'm not doing it myself. Does that make sense? I mean, you, you look around and you go, oh God, send somebody to that person that's right over there. Send somebody to him. Hurry, God, hurry. And we're standing right there. 
So here's the point. I believe that the workers that we need to be praying for, I believe that we ought to be workers ourselves. Look at the disciples. I mean, again, he had his 12, he had his 72, and he sent them out. So on their way out, guess what they were doing? They were praying for more workers. It wasn't like they were sitting on their duffs, just sitting there going, oh yeah, God, pray. I pray you send more workers and I'm going to sit right here in the temple and we're going to drink wine. That was supposed to be funny too, but... Um, but that's, I mean, again, that's not what they were doing, right? I mean, they weren't sitting on their dust. They were going out and God said, Hey guys, on your way out, pray for more workers. That's what he's saying to us today as well. And notice this as well. Jesus didn't say, Hey, pray that the job would be easier. Did he? He just said, pray for more workers. Now get your butts out there and get after it. I believe that's what he's saying to us too. I mean, again, we can look around and we can go, oh, this is too many people. We can't reach this many people. Again, I believe that God has in store for us a great harvest, but we have to go first. And then along the way, we have to be praying for more people. Again, that's what God has called us to do. Number four is this, and I'm almost done. Number four is the Lord is in charge of the harvest. Did you catch that? I mean, look at verse two again. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the fields. Again, the Lord is in charge of the results. I want you to hear this because some of you guys are like, man, I witnessed to that person. I shared my faith. I invited them to church and they don't come. Here's the point. Your success is in sharing and telling, not saving. I mean, again, yes. <clears throat> Don't, don't get discouraged because they're not coming yet. You keep telling and God will be proud of you and he will bless you for the part that you're playing and then he will take care of the results. That's what he does. And I'm so relieved because all I have to do is stand up here on Sunday and then stand on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and tell others about Jesus and Jesus takes care of the results. You know why? Because he's in charge of the harvest. Here's number five, and I'm done. Number five is this. The next level in our church, the next level in any spiritual walk is dangerous. <laughs> and some of you guys are like, this is where I get scared. And, and sometimes, if I was to be honest, I get scared too, but my fear leads me to want to run even faster and save even more. I don't know about you, but that's, uh, again, the Bible says, look at verse three. It says, now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs amongst wolves. Listen, the, the next level in our church is going to be dangerous. You might open yourself up to somebody and they might trample on you. You might start serving in our church and you might get taken advantage of. You might, you know, again, desire to do something miraculous for God and you may fall on your face. It's just the way, it's the risk that you have to take. But here's the thing. I believe that that's okay. It's okay because here's the cool thing. When I fall, guess who, who's there with me to pick me up? The Lord is there with me to pick me up. I would rather fail at trying than to never try at all. And I'll illustrate this. The other morning, Wednesday morning, uh, my wife and I were rudely awakened by two coyotes right outside our window, 
right outside our window. And so what did I do? I went and got my pistol and I went, you know, trudging outside and I couldn't see diddly squats. So I don't know what I was going to do. But I went, I walked out there and I was going to shoot these coyotes. But here, here's the thing. I was scared. It scared the pee out of me. You know why? Because they were so close to the house. I thought, how did they get so close to the house? I mean, again, and, and so you say, well, here, what's the point, Bo? I believe that when we step out of our comfort zone, the enemy is going to be close by. He is. And so you need to realize that, that as soon as you step out on faith, as soon as you start doing something for God, the enemy is going to be close and he might scare the pee out of you. You might wet your pants, but God will wipe you. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know why I said that. I don't know where I was going with that. You need a spiritual diaper. There's nothing spiritual about that, was there? Here... Yeah, you know what I mean. How do you talk about pee and then the Lord? I mean, it's really just. But here's the point. I believe that God has overcome the world. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Amen. Is it going to be hard? Yes, it is. Is it going to be out of our comfort zone? Yes, it is. But I believe it will be worth it. And some of you are thinking, well, Bo, I just want to sit in my comfort zone. I want to eat my comfort food. I want to pet my comfortable dog. I want to love my comfortable wife. I want to drive my comfortable truck and I want to ride my comfortable horse. All the while, God is saying, I want you to get out of your comfort zone and I want you to live for me. I don't know about you, but I'm going to go. And here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to go with me. I believe that God has a harvest that we've never seen before, and I believe he can do that through this church. And you say, Bo, what are some practical ways that I can go? Let me give you some examples. Number one is this, invite somebody. Bring somebody new. Again, November 16th, we're going to start a 9 o'clock service and a 10.30 service, and I desire to see them both full. But it takes you inviting them. I can't just put it on Facebook and invite everybody and they're going to show up. No, you have to invite them. And here's the thing. As you leave today, we are going to hand you an invite card that you can take and you can hand out to an individual that you may want to invite to church. So we're going to equip you to do that. Here's number two. You need to join a team. Some of you guys got a little white sheet as you came. Can you pull those out real quick? If you got a white sheet, pull them out. If you didn't get a white sheet, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand if you didn't get a white sheet. <clears throat> Jason, will you help Heather hand those out? Everybody, that raise your hand. You're going to get a white sheet today. Here's what we desire for you to do is they're passing them out. We desire for you to fill this out before you leave today and you write down there where you want to serve. Now, here's the thing. Some of you guys are like, I have to pray about this first. That's great. If you feel like you need to pray about it first, don't turn it in today. But don't let that be your excuse not to turn it in. Again, we can get a little spiritual and we can say, oh, I got to pray about this. And then we just go chunk it. Right? Here's the truth. Uh, I believe that every one of you has a gift and I believe that God wants to use it in this church. And you say, I don't have time. Join the, cl join the club. Join the club. I mean, all of us have, you know, all kinds of busy schedules. But here's the thing. I believe that what we do in our church and what we do for the Lord is more important than anything else. I mean, think about it. 
What you do for eternity will last for eternity. And so again, you're serving in other ways. That's great. You serve at the school. That's great. You volunteer to teach or to coach and all that. That's great. But here's the thing. If we're going to make an eternal difference, you have to serve this church. And you say, where can I serve? Again, Sunday mornings, we are going to double everything that we do. We're going to double the singing. We're going to double the greeters. We're going to double the horseback. We're going to double the setup. We're going to double everything. And so we need twice as many people to pull off another service. And here's the cool thing about it. Again, you can serve in the nine o'clock service and then be able to go to the 1030 service. So it's not like you're missing church. And you say, what do you, what do you have to do if you serve on a team? I'll give you an example. Here's an example. If you serve on the teardown team, and again, you can put it on barn facilities on your page. Here's all you got to do. Look at me. I mean, this is real technical. I mean, really. And then you coil this up and you put it in a bucket. I don't know who can't do that. I mean, again, and I'm not talking about disabled people. If you're disabled, don't worry about it. But I'm talking about every able-bodied person, you need to join a team. And you say, Bo, I'm already on a team. If you're already on a team, I'm not talking to you. Praise God that you are already on a team. But I believe that some of you need to fill, if not all of you, need to fill out that white sheet, place it in a yellow bucket as you leave today, and join a team and begin to serve. Here's number three. I need you to make a missionary move. And you say, what's that mean? If you come to the 1030 now, I need, a, not a lot of you, not all of you. I mean, we wouldn't have a service in 1030, but I need some of you to start going to the nine o'clock service. You know why? Because many of our guests, if not all of our guests are going to come to the 1030. And so some of you need to pray about it and just say, okay, I, I'll start coming to the nine o'clock service because I want to give up my seat so that someone that's unchurched, that doesn't know Jesus can come to the 1030. Again, make a missionary move. Move because we need your seat. Um, And again, here's the last one. Number four is this. Pray, pray, pray. If I try to do this on my own, if I try to do this in my own power, if we try to do this on our own, then we will not accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. We have to ask for his blessing and we have to do it his way. And so those are the things that I'm asking you to do. And again, November 16th is when we'll start this, so don't show up next Sunday at 9 o'clock because you'll be by yourself. November the 16th. Let's pray together. You guys bow your heads and close your eyes. Again, maybe you're here today, and, and here's my question for you. Have you answered God's call to go and reap the harvest? Have you answered his call? Or are you sitting around letting everybody else do the work? Praying for other workers, but you're not a worker yourself. Here's another question. Are you being used by God? Or do you just take in and and allow God to, to just feed you? Here's another question. Are you willing to give more for the glory of God? Are you willing to give up something that maybe is, is, you know, doesn't have an eternal value and to begin to serve in this church so that we can make an eternal difference? Here's the truth. God wants your help. God needs your help. He needs you to step out of your comfort zone and to serve 
this church and to serve him. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're, you're here today and you're thinking, I don't know about this serving part, but I want Jesus. I want Jesus. Can I just tell you that Jesus wants you? He wants you. And you say, Bo, I don't know if he can forgive me of my sin. I don't, I've done too much stuff. No, listen, he can forgive you of any sin that you've committed. You can stack up all the sins in the world and he's forgiven them all. And so maybe you're here today and you need to think, you're thinking, you know, I need Jesus. Before I can serve, I need to have him in my life. Listen, the Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so right there in your chair, maybe in, the, in just your heart, you need to say, okay, Lord, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you rose from the dead. And I want you to forgive me of my sin and come into my life. Listen, if you just maybe prayed that in, for the first time in your heart, we want to know about it so that we can come alongside of you and equip you and celebrate with you. We're not going to ask you to come to the front. We're not going to embarrass you. We just want to know about it so that, again, that we can help you walk through this life with Christ. You've made it the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life by accepting him. And we want to show you how to live for him. And so here's how we ask you to do that. If you grab that orange card that was on your chair, fill it out, place it in one of these yellow buckets. You say, Bo, I don't, I don't really have a card. I don't even know where those are at. Here's all we ask you to do. Text your name to the number on the screen and we will contact you about your decision. As you leave today, you don't have to explain what your decision was. Just text your name to the number on the screen and we will contact you about your decision. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. And again, I hope that you will stick around. You will fill out that white sheet, place it in one of these yellow buckets before you leave so that we can expand the kingdom of God. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to go to the next level. I thank you that you desire to use our church to grow the kingdom of God. And I pray that you would prepare for the harvest and that you would help us to prepare for the harvest and that you would reap the harvest in our lives and in our community. May we lead the way in growing the population of heaven. And may we do it all for your glory. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message. And we hope to see you every Sunday at the Woodward Livestock Auction at 1030. No tears for money that was spent